Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to NJSBA's Conversations uh, on New Jersey Education. Uh, my name's Ray Penny. I'll be your host this afternoon. Uh, today, we'll be talking about some of the legislative issues that are facing us even during this COVID-19 crisis. Uh, if you want to participate, there's a, two ways that you can do it. You can dial one 347 989-8904-1347-989-8904, and then press number one, and that will let Robin, who's monitoring our switchboard, uh, know that you have a question, and she'll get your question, and then she'll bring you up and give me your name. Or you can just type it right in the, in the, the chat room. We have a chat room feature, and you have to um, log in uh, with Blog Talk Radio, but there's no fee for that. So um, well, let's get Right to this, get started. With me today is uh, Chris Jones, a legislative advocate for New Jersey School Board Association. Welcome, Chris. Good to be here. It's good to have you. And also with us is uh, John Burns, or a counsel with uh, New Jersey School Board Association. How you doing, John? Thank you so much for having me, Ray. It's great to have you guys. Um, so, let's, you know, I know the the, the couple of issues that we're talking about uh, affect a lot of wards, and they're very interested in it. Let's start with the A3904, which is no longer a proposal. Um, So, John, what is in 3904? Well, A3904, which was um, passed out of the legislature on April 13th and was signed uh, into law by the governor on April 14th, is a bill that does two things. One, it specifically authorizes uh, districts to have uh, virtual school days. And then, um, and what it requires is that a local district have a plan put in place, which is then approved by the Commissioner of Education. And then the second part of the bill is uh, a really a job savings provision uh, that basically uh, requires school districts to pay uh, both their uh, union and non-union union employees and also uh, third-party service providers. It requires uh, uh, districts to pay them uh, during this time of the, of the COVID uh, outbreak. And what's the logic behind that? Is the logic that it's already in the budget, uh, the school's budget, uh, these are budgeted items already, uh, and they're making allowances as it is for people to have virtual education. Was there any – because when I first saw it, I, I didn't realize that this was part of that bill because you wouldn't think about that. Do you have any right. insight and, into that? And, well, I mean in, in one sense, you know, this this law could be uh, – or this act, rather, could, could be two separate bills, uh, the first one dealing just with the virtual instruction and the second one dealing with the uh, the, the job savings provision, um, but but you're exactly exactly right. I mean, uh, be, the thought was that because uh, districts do have um, uh, this already budgeted for, that uh, then um, uh, these people should be should be paid. That's pretty straightforward. So uh, I'm assuming that means does that mean the coaches? Does that mean the bus drivers? Does that mean um, uh, some of the paraprofessionals? 
Anyone who would well, have been doing well, some regular work? Well, well, yes and no. Yes and no. Um, uh, the, as I said, uh, for those individuals, uh, for teachers, it's very, very clear um, that um, they uh, will get the, their salary uh, benefits and emoluments. Um, and the same is true for non-union employees. Um, for uh, third-party third service providers like um, uh, bus companies, the, um, the provisions are slightly different in that, um, A, third-party service providers uh, can only be paid during a health-related closure, whereas uh, the law provides that um, uh, employees of the district can be paid anytime there's a state of emergency or declared public health uh, closure. Um, so in one sense, the third-party service provider doesn't have as many, um, as many options with regard to that. The other uh, issue is that it directs um, that the uh, amount that is uh, submitted to the third-party service provider, that, that it does go to uh, make payments of uh, salary benefits and compensation um, for for those employees, uh, and and so that's uh, important as well. The other thing it does is it does uh, put on the school district a a duty to um, renegotiate the contract um, if uh, if they can do that, um, because what it says is that a school district shall make all reasonable efforts to renegotiate a contract in good faith, um, and they direct contract service providers uh, who are party to, to the contract to provide services on behalf of the school district, which may be reasonably provided within their area of expertise. And what I think this goes to is it goes to the issue of uh, perhaps having uh, school bus drivers uh, deliver meals um, or, or other kinds of things like that during, during this uh, time of pandemic. So my understanding was that a lot of districts were, I'm using the term, repurposing a lot of those people, and that's that seemed to be okay. And that was before this law was um, passed. Right, right. And then this law, it, it appears, um, specifically authorizes uh, that. Now, um, w one of the things uh, with this law is, um, at the end of the law, it does say that the um, State Board of Education uh, is to promulgate regulations um, and so um, while we probably won't get specific answers uh, during this particular crisis, hopefully, um, because this crisis will hopefully uh, 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 be over sooner rather than later, um, what it will do is it will give the, uh, the state board the opportunity to provide those kind of details um, with regard to the law. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, and just that they're, they're scheduled to meet uh, – First Wednesday of uh, May. Right, right. Um, uh, the chances of of this necessarily being on the agenda are probably um, uh, probably slim. Uh, uh, but then again, uh, one one can never be sure about such things. Okay. I I don't think any. Chris, do you want to add? You have any questions on this before we move on to the thirty nine oh two, which is the one that's been. No, as always, I, I uh, defer to the eminent John Bruce. 
I think he, uh, yeah. <laughs> he covered it well. The the only thing that I would add, and and you had uh, briefly mentioned it, Ray, is the issue of coaches and other stipended positions. Um, uh, the language itself um, uh, doesn't specifically mention stipends. Um, uh, okay. Whether or not stipends are considered an emolument, um, uh, perhaps. Perhaps they are, but uh, I, you know, one of the things from an NJSBA standpoint that we wish uh, that they had uh, done specifically was to include specific language with regard to uh, stipends and, and uh, specifically mentioning uh, whether or not they are covered um, in this law. Mm-hmm. I, I do think the one thing that districts need to do, because they're getting a lot of pushback from a lot of their community members as to why are they paying people. For things that aren't being done, um, uh, I've heard board members that they've gotten from their community. They're like, "Well, you don't need bus drivers. You don't need this. Why are you still paying them?" So uh, right. they and, might get some and, pushback and, and, from that. Well, and, and I think you know, uh, boards and board members can can look to this law um, uh, to provide them uh, and to provide their communities at least with um, uh, the reason behind why boards are obligated to do this. Um, because in one sense, um, uh, the legislature has created uh, a, a new mandate on boards of education. Yep, completely true. I don't know if this—I <coughs> don't know if this was a big issue, but with a thirty-nine hundred two woman, people were wondering if they should pay these people. So let's look at a thirty-nine hundred two. Um, Chris, just tell us a little bit where we stand with A3902, a quick brief for those who may not know what it is. Uh, I think most of our members do, but just a very quick brief and where it stands at this point. Sure. Um, well, let me give you a quick uh, a review of what, what it is, uh, what the bill does. Um, 3902 was introduced as uh, an emergency um, stopgap to give municipalities greater flexibility in um, in a time of a, a, a declared emergency by the governor, such as what we're in now, uh, a lot of it has nothing to do with uh, with school districts whatsoever. However, one of the provisions was that it allows um, uh, the deferment of tax collection uh, to to pass that out uh, and extend uh, deadlines, which would have the the uh, domino effect of municipalities being allowed to delay their payouts um, and the biggest payout for a lot of municipalities is to, to the school districts. Um, and we fully understand emergencies are, uh, you know, are just that. And, and you're, you know, looking to you do things you wouldn't normally do. However, our big concern and, and where we rang the, rang the alarm bell is if we're not receiving the money from the municipalities, we're not going to be able to meet our obligations. We don't have the taxing authority, and we don't really have the, uh, the wherewithal to make that money up. Um, so the bill passed very quickly. It was introduced before the ink was even dry. It was passed out of the assembly, and you know it, it was during, you know, when when, when things were shut down. And I don't say that as uh, as it was some they were trying to do something sneaky or anything like that. It's just. You know, it is what it is, um, uh, and, um, you know, they're trying to get emergency thing done, but when we were able to finally 
chime in and expressed our concerns to the Senate, the bill has since uh, halted. I know the governor's office is still pushing for it to uh, to get posted and voted out. Uh, there were some amendments uh, that, that uh, were suggested, uh, particularly um, that would call on the school district to go get loans, uh, to which we, uh, we as well as uh, the, the entire Lee group, for those of you not familiar with it, uh, we are a member of what's called the Lee group, the Leaders in Education Excellence, which is us, the NJEA, the Principals and Supers uh, Association, ASBO, uh, a couple others. Um, we we uh, voiced our opposition uh, in a unified manner to 3902. We also voiced our opposition to the proposal that, that uh, we go to banks and get loans to uh, to cover cover things up. So our suggestion, and we, we hope either the bill just, just, just dies on the vine or if they do want to revisit it, they, they do it uh, with our suggested changes is that the municipality you know, can go to a bank and get loans to to make sure they're fulfilling their obligations, and and then they can true up when they start receiving their uh, their taxes and uh, at whatever timeline has uh, has been designated. So at this point, the bill has uh, stalled in the Senate, in no small part due to uh, you know uh, local local members calling their their senators and, and voicing their opposition to this bill. So let me, let me give the opportunity. If you're one of them who called your uh, legislator to, to voice opposition, thank you. Good job. Keep up the good work. Okay. And, and you and I talk, it seems with the passage of 3904, it puts yes. us in a predicament where we need to make our payroll. Uh, mm-hmm. and we don't have as much flexibility even within that payroll now. Yes. Uh, so Absolutely. That I mean, kind of yeah, we were, more important. Yes, we were opposed to 3902 to begin with, um, but yeah, now that 3904 is, is law, it, it's you know not not that the the state is adverse to talking out both sides of its mouth, but that is the point that that we are currently trying to make to them too. Is you're trying to tell you're telling us that we got to make all these, got to continue making these payments. Um, you know, and, and start keep operating a business as usual in an emergency, but you're also not providing us the money as business as usual. So it, it's got to be one or the other. Yes, yes. Now, uh, well, before I start that, I was talking with Chris Jones and John Burns with New Jersey School Board Association's Governmental Relations Department. Uh, if you have any questions, dial one three four seven nine eight nine eight nine zero four and press the number one, and Robin will get your question. Or you can just type it in the, the chat room, and we'll pass it on to Chris and or John. Um, if, if 3902 does go through, it doesn't mean every uh, – it's only certain municipalities that would be able to do this. Am I correct? Um, well, I mean, the way the bill's written, uh, it, would, it would require the state, the Division of Local uh, Government, to authorize districts, but the way it's written, it doesn't speak to it as a case-by-case basis. Uh, it, it, it very well could manifest itself where uh, the state puts out the edict and says, you know, all municipalities, are, you are welcome to use this option, uh, as opposed to uh, approving it on a case-by-case basis. So, again, you know, we, that, that also is something uh, that is not really clearly fleshed out in the bill. It's been described to us by uh, by supporters who, who are 
advocating for its enactment that it'd be very rarely used, if at all. It's a, a, a you know a um, last resort option to have in in the back pocket type of thing. But you know, as as I retorted uh, discussing, I'm like this, this doesn't say that in the bill. It might be something that you intend to use as a last resort, but it's not spoken about as a last resort. So that was mm-hmm. another reason that we, we voiced our rejection. Okay. And just uh, I'll reiterate what you said before. Uh, if people have questions, they should reach out to their Senate. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess they could go back to their assembly because if it does, if it does get out of the, the Senate, it's going to need uh, – it will come out of the Senate probably with amendments. So. Mm-hmm. But they should contact their senators first, correct? Contact, yeah. Uh, well – you know, in 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 a good effort to keep uh, the the old phrase "use belts use a belt and suspenders," you you can contact them both. Contact your senator and your uh, assemblyman. Okay. All right. Um, let's start moving on to other issues. Um, let's, uh, this is all brought that brought about because of the financial crisis I think we'll be facing with the, the coronavirus. I mean, they pushed back uh, when people cl- when they collected people's taxes. Uh, apparently, we're going to have the we're not going to have the budget state budget for a long time. So, where's the state budget fall at this point? I mean, we've been on the same calendar since I've been around forever. Uh, you know, yeah. July first, we yeah. start a new fiscal year. We had the budget mm-hmm. cleared. You know, there's been a few times when the, we had crisis, but now we're we're going into uncharted territory. Yeah, um, and this this is, to the best of my knowledge, uh, the first time the state has ever done this. That, you know, there there have been times when they didn't get a state budget passed by July 1st. It went a few days, and you know, they even got to the point where they closed down the the, the state for non not you know, uh, and. Um, non-essential employees uh, stopped showing up for work for a couple of days. But the, the state, um, you know, earlier this week, um, the COVID, uh, let me uh, get the exact phraseology down. It was the COVID mitigation, uh, mitigation, uh, COVID financial mitigation act was, was enacted. Mm-hmm. And what that did was the state um, basically extended the uh, current fiscal year by three months. Um, so this fiscal year is not going to end until September 30th, and then next year's will be a nine-month uh, fiscal year starting October 1st. It also calls on the, um, the state treasurer to issue a report um, by May 22nd to kind of give a better picture of you know, what is our current fiscal situation, both for finishing out this fiscal year and what ne- next year's fiscal year really looks like. What is our Revenue projection. Mm-hmm. What are our revenue projections at, at 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 that point in time looking like? And then finally, it calls on the governor to uh, to give a new new budget message on August 25th uh, after they've kind of absorbed this uh, information. New budget message for uh, for next year's next year's budget. Now, what that how that uh, affects school districts has yet to be determined, honestly, and. Uh, we're still kind of kind of trying to sift through things. Hopefully, the May 22nd uh, the treasurer's report will uh, will give some more clarity. But um, there, there's a lot of unanswered questions. We're we're uh, working our, our damnedest to try and get answers too. But you know, I know right now a lot of 
lot of uh, school board members are working to pass their budgets, and they're working to pass it uh, based on information that they were told uh, told back in in March for um, or, or the end of mm-hmm. February on what they're uh, on what they they can expect from the state. Um, you know, are those numbers still good? Uh, are they going to be prorated for um, you know starting in October? Uh, you know, it, it's interesting for us because you know the, the, you spend, you extend three months the state, so the fiscal year is going to start actually when presumably, uh, hopefully, we are uh, back in school for the academic year in the fall. Um, and uh, so, you know, how does that how does that affect our board members? And uh, I wish at this point I hadn't had the answers to give. Uh, the best I can say is uh, we're we're working hard to uh, to get those answers and to move it from. You know, obviously with um, with the crisis that the state's in right now, the 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 leaders really only have time to deal with front burner issues. And uh, the best right. uh, to, to to the best of our ability, we are trying to move this from a back burner to a front burner issue. Yeah. Uh, now, the, the state recently put out the the, the budget deadlines that, that for uh, school districts. <clears throat> they didn't really change. They changed them for the April uh, school election districts and budget yeah. issues, but they didn't change it for anyone else. But so I have a hard time understanding this thing. They're changing their budget calendar because obviously they're not sure about what their revenue is going to be. Uh, uh, yeah. And it's under, completely understandable. Why not mm-hmm. just say, "Look, you guys are going to have to be put on hold for a certain amount." Why do we have to start going through a charade when we might not even have those? We might approve a budget, which those numbers may not mean anything. Uh, right. A, a few days later. Or even, even you know, as I said, uh, you know, we're not quite sure. You know, again, I, I think that you'll get more clarity uh, from the from the treasurer at the end of May. Um, but I think their their intention, at least for schools and municipalities, is for those three months to just you know to try and continue continue uh, the the funding level at that at what you were getting for this this fiscal year. So what's a district to do now when they're drafting their their budget, which starts July first? Do they base it on the numbers that they got? You know that they got from the state back in February. Um, even then, by the same token, you're you know as I said before, the state's very comfortable talking out both sides of its mouth. You you also told us though that our funding in September is going to be what it is for this fiscal year, not the not the proposed numbers that you told us in February. So which is it? Which should we be using? The best I could say at this point is um, just stay in close contact with your your BA. Um, you know, follow the deadlines that currently exist with the numbers that currently exist, but have uh, have a contingency plan and be uh, you know be uh, be as flexible as you can and uh, and uh, make sure your your BA and superintendent are staying on top of uh, the latest and greatest news coming out of uh, the state. Okay, and they also like to have because they like to to have a they may have to non-renew people. Um, or make risks if they if there's cuts, um, mm-hmm. and they like to be able to do that sooner rather than later. Uh, they yes. don't want to do it. I, I take that back. But they rather sure. have be aware of where they're going. Absolutely, absolutely, it's perfectly, yeah. uh, perfectly understandable. Um, 
Yeah, and I'm sure, you know, the, the, I don't think the governor and the, the, the legislature are, are interested in seeing rifts themselves. Um, you know, we, we, we've seen this administration has been making concerted efforts towards full funding of the, uh, the school funding formula. Uh, you know, the, this, this administration has a well-documented um, affinity for, uh, for teachers. So the, the idea of, of people being rift at the 11th hour is, I'm sure, abhorrent to them. Um, but, uh, you, know, you know, numbers are what they are at some point. And so, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, those are, these are the things that we're, we're trying our best to, uh, to make sure that the administration is aware of that are concerns that they need to think, think through. And, again, as I said, you know, taking these back burner issues and trying to put it more on the front burner so that they are thinking these through, through sooner rather than later. Okay. Uh, as we were coming closer to the close, um, is there any other issues that uh, we should be thinking of, John? Is there any other issue that uh, board members should be aware of, either legislatively, uh, that uh, has happened over the last few weeks that may have snuck by most of us? Um, I don't think that there's any that uh, that have snuck by. I think um, uh, that NJSBA has done a good job of uh, making sure that um, uh, when things happen, uh, despite how quickly they may be happening, that we've uh, gotten the word out through uh, school board notes or put it on our website. Um, and so I think uh, that there aren't really any issues that have uh, uh, snuck by board members. Okay. Um Chris, any other issues that you want to bring up? Or, or not, not, not a new issue, but I would just uh, emphasize, you know, going back to 3902, and for those that have reached out to their legislators, again, thank you. Um, but this bill, you know, nothing is ever dead in uh, in uh, Trenton or in, in politics. So don't um, don't rest on your laurels. Uh, you know, you know, stay in contact with your, your legislators. You know, obviously, don't be obnoxious about it. Be respectful. Um, but don't just presume because they they didn't vote on it uh, this past uh, this past time that they had a vote, which was Monday, that it won't you know it won't pop up again. So continue to be vigilant in, in voicing uh, voicing your concerns. Okay, uh, I'd like to thank the two of them. Uh, I'd like to thank you uh, for joining me, Chris Jones from our uh, mm-hmm. governmental relations. Thanks, Chris. And thanks, John uh, Burns, once again, uh, for joining us. Thank you, Ray. Thank you. Okay, and I hope you all enjoyed that update from John Burns and from uh, Chris Jones. And I hope you all stay healthy out there and that you all, um, your districts are uh, continuing to do the best thing that they can for the kids in their district. And I hope you all have a good day. Thank you.